Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. <laughs> My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Sunday, March 27th. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. I know it has been a long time since you've heard from me, but as I mentioned, this is the fourth and final season, and so as I you know, get the different episodes together, I wouldn't be releasing weekly but the good news is that now that I am back and we are in the, the home stretch of the, the final episodes, I will probably be coming with an episode every week or at the most two weeks in between. There are, after this episode, eight episodes remaining. Um, we've got... It's the beginning uh, of the end. It is. It is. Only eight more episodes. Wow. Um, we got... I got a series coming. Um... In April, that I think will be really cool. That's like a five-episode run. I'm going to do a Grammy episode uh, when that happens in a week or so. And then there's a couple more farewell episodes with guests of the podcast that we'll be doing. But speaking of those, in the Dig Deeper segment of this week's episode, um, it is the third stop on my farewell tour in the studio. I have my friend Ariel. You heard her voice. You can say hello to the people. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Good morning or afternoon or whatever time of day yeah, it is. Yeah, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> so Ariel has joined um, for the farewell tour. She brought a topic, which we'll introduce in the Dig Deeper segment. Um, and then we'll discuss that for a little bit. Uh, so very excited about that, these farewell tours. Um, episodes have brought some dope conversations. Um, so before I get into that, um, the song of the week in the press play segment, um, I won't be doing them on air this week, but all of the information will be in the podcast newsletter. So 
It'll contain all the links to everything that I talk about, any albums, performances, videos that I think you should check out. Links to that will be in the podcast newsletter. Also, the song of the week. Um, you can get the podcast newsletter by going to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. Uh, on the homepage, there's a place where you can put in your email. If you choose to go that route, you'll receive the newsletter in your inbox every time there's an episode. Or you can just go to the newsletter tab on the website. All the newsletters are there as well. So check that out. Get all the links, um, the albums that I think you should check out. But yeah, without any further ado, let's take a short break and we'll jump into the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, this week's episode is the third stop on my farewell tour. Uh, So what I've been doing is for these farewell tour episodes is I'll bring back a guest who has been on the podcast before, but this time they get to choose the topic and what we discuss in the realm of hip-hop and R&B. So Ariel is here in the studio. She has chosen the topic, and we're going to we're gonna just have a free-flowing conversation about that. So Ariel, what is the topic that you have brought today? Thank you, maestro, DJ, <laughs> orchestra leader. Um, so I thought it would be really interesting to talk about visibility, success, lack of success for artists in hip-hop and R&B who are not straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's... A whole, whole. That's a whole lot of different buckets. So maybe like queer is a good word to kind of mm-hmm. capture it all. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of thinking like, where are the gays at? You know, like it's, everybody's not straight. Like, and <laughs> it's not that only like not you know, five people are not straight. So mm-hmm. you know, taking a closer look at that, and this was actually a, a lot of fun. So I'm excited to talk about it. Awesome. Yeah, I was um, doing a lot of research because. The history of like queer people in hip hop is not <laughs> one of my like most knowledgeable, mm-hmm. um, or one of the topics that I'm not the most knowledgeable about. So I was like, "All right, let me let me see if I can figure out the history." The history is not great for like queer people <laughs> in hip hop. Um, I think, despite the many contributions that like women and other people made to hip hop since its inception. Like, hip-hop kind of became centered around men. And because of that, like, it became centered around masculinity. And so women were excluded. And then because of this masculinity, like, focused view, then queer people were excluded because wrongly they, like, equated, like, queerness as the opposite of masculinity. And, like, you know, when hip-hop started, it was, like, the mid-70s. And then the eighties and the night in the nineties were a very just like gangster rap, like <laughs> yeah, hard edge. Mama said, "Knock you out." Yeah, <laughs> and so they were already pretty unfiltered with the things that they talked about and how they talked about like women. And then when you add like queer people in that, it's like, wow, that you all just said anything. Like mm. it was just <laughs> take off the rings and the earrings. You're like, we're just gonna say whatever <laughs> comes to mind no matter who it offends. Um, so yeah, it was, I think it was definitely rough in the, in the beginning of hip hop's history. Um, 
there's the F-bomb that artists would drop repeatedly in songs, like before, as a society, everybody was like, hey, this is, this is a derogatory term that we shouldn't, yeah. that we shouldn't say, but artists were doing it all the time, like Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Eminem, mm. some of the biggest and best hip-hop artists of all time have songs um, with the F-bomb in them. Um, Eminem used it as recently as 2018, so like that okay. was that was four years ago. <laughs> I actually am surprised it was that long ago. I would have thought that he would have done it as some sort of show within the last 24 months. Yeah, he's a he's a um, somebody who has not made many friends in the LGBTQ community because of the things that he has said. But yeah, it's a very pulling pulling take. I won't like go down a hole about. <laughs> The one Eminem, but... Yeah. You know, I probably only ever listened to one or two Eminem albums, but I'm still like, we can do something with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can still come inside. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, hip-hop has just had a, a storied history of uh, not really caring about queer people and like just saying offensive things. Like, Nicki Minaj has had anti-gay sentiments in her music... Recently in her 2018 Queen album, N.W.A., Beastie Boys, they've all had anti-gay sentiments in their music. Um, And I think hip-hop just in general lined up with what societal views were in the, like, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and that, like, they would openly disrespect queer people in music. Um, Do you think that any of that has to do with, like, you know, like, not feeling that there was space for nuance? Where it was like, this is a new, like, you know, voice or mm-hmm. type of music. It's being owned by a particular, you know, like, there's a clear view mm-hmm. in mind of, like, who makes rap music and who mm-hmm. makes hip-hop music, you know. And so then, this is my mic. This is my chance. This yeah. is my, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is that. And it's a weird, it's weird because hip-hop was grown out of, like, oppressed people, like... Or, or, like, the marginalized group wanting having something to say and, like, using this medium to say it. But then at the same time, once you, like, created this medium, you excluded the people that didn't fit that specific narrative. So it was like, is, are we supposed to be about, like, including <laughs> the the marginalized, but yet we're, we're doing this? We can't help everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... It's it's been rough. I do. I think there has been some hope within the past, like past decade, in that we're seeing a wave of like artists who are like openly queer, openly gay, seeing success, um, and we can talk about that. But like in the past, it's been it's been dicey. It's been dicey. And then what's crazy was you saying it's been dicey, and then it's like, how many of them do you not hear about? Oh, yeah. Like, whenever we talk about one of these topics, not even that I want to focus a whole bunch of energy on that, but, you know, you talk about women reporting abuse, or, like, Mm -hmm. men reporting being, experiencing sexual abuse, and, like, these things where there's a whole lot of shame, Mm -hmm. or, like, we do real vile, fucked up stuff, um, you know, we know about 10 people and then like eight of them did not have a good time yeah and then we don't talk about the other like 800 people uh-huh ah yeah yeah it's rough yeah. <laughs> it's rough and as as much as i i love hip-hop it's you know it's real easy to see that there are a lot of blind spots that people willingly put up 
um, when they made hip-hop music. And even when you listen to it, because, you know, hip-hop is an openly misogynistic uh, art form as well. And while, like, you know, there are women in hip-hop who have seen success and are, like, fighting back against that, like, it's still, it's, like, in the in the fabric of hip-hop's foundation. And it's the same thing with queer people. Like, how phrases like sus or no homo or pause are just, like, those have been in... I was listening to... I've been listening to a lot of, like, hip-hop from, like, the, the 2000s era over the past couple of weeks, and it's all over that music. And I was like, wow, they were saying no homo as early as 2001? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't... I, like, just... I wouldn't have thought that that started that early, but they were, and it's just a... It's a normal part of, like, hip-hop culture speak and, like, rap. Yeah, I feel but, like that was big when we were younger. Yeah. <laughs> People just going around and saying no homo, and yeah. now, I don't know. You know, just you don't hear it all that often and it makes sense not to hear it. But mm-hmm. as much as it's misogynistic and all these sorts of things, those are also elements that that's part of the swag. That's part of like the charm in some way. It's <laughs> yeah. how you talk about these terrible things that you should not be saying. Uh-huh. You know, like I always talk about J. Cole and missing when the music you know, it was more about hoes. Oh, oh. A little bit less conscientious, but, you know. It's yeah. for the better. We're moving in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are still more than enough artists who are who are willing to to be terrible in that regard, um, who I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, I did want to, to mention this one story about the first openly gay rapper. I When doing research, I stumbled upon this, and it was so... The story just kept getting weirder that I was like, I have to mention this. So, there's this rapper named Caution, C-A-U-S-H-U-N, oh. who is apparently the first openly gay rapper. I've never heard of him, so I, I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize this was a thing. So, oh, I'm trying to think what year did that happen? Let me, let me get the years right. Because okay. I want to give people context as to what time period this was happening. Thank you. I'll um, hold back on that question. I was like, he knows how to tell a story. <laughs> so he was okay. So he was born in 1977, and it looks like around two, around the early 2000s is when this happened. So he he is referred to as the first openly gay hip hop artist to be signed to a major record label. Um, it was reported that he was signed to Kamora Lee Simmons' Baby Fat Records. Um, which she was a record label. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this was a thing either. It was formed for the purpose of releasing a Caution's album, as well as Kamora Lee attempting a recording career. So okay. I guess she started her own recording label so she could have a career, but they also planned to release Caution's album. Neither record was ever released, so like <laughs> Caution's album never came out, neither did Kamora Lee Simmons. Okay. <laughs> um, so then it was revealed... Um, by this guy named Ivan Matias, I think that's how you say his name, who was a straight man. Mm-hmm. He revealed in like the 2000s that he created Caution, the character, and that he wrote, recorded, and performed all of the work attributed to Caution. So he basically was like, yo, this started out as a prank. Like we created the Caution persona. Um, he and his friends called into some radio show on Hot 97 in New York, New York, posing as a flamboyantly gay rapper. Um, and then after like a series of performances where he called into the show and they did performances, they became super popular. Like 
they basically created this caution character. He okay. agreed to meet with the radio host of this radio station where he had been calling in, and they basically like he explained to them like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not actually gay. Like this is just a a, a character I've been playing." And they were like, "That ain't no problem." And so they basically were like, "All right, so let's create this character." And so they were like, "Caution needs a face to this this radio personality they've been hearing." Mm-hmm. And, like, the demand for the character grew. And so they basically just, like, created a persona and, like, hired somebody to agree to be caution in public. But, like... Is that our fault or theirs, you know? <laughs> I think we have to look at... Yeah, yeah. How we allowed this to be. But, like, every time I, like, Googled, like, all right, who was the first openly gay rapper? No name came up but Caution, and it turns out he wasn't actually, like, he was, like, a straight person pretending to be an openly gay rapper, but, like, no other big names come up. Like, I think it, there weren't really a lot of, and we can talk about the ones that kind of towed the line or that, who, like, achieved success, but it seems like it just kind of, like, wasn't a thing until it was, <laughs> like, until people decided, like, most people, I think towed the line of, like, are they open or are they... Like, Queen Latifah, for instance, like, she didn't really start owning it until, like, five years ago. Yeah, like, super recently. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, before that, she was like, yeah, I just don't... I don't think it's anybody's business, Mm -hmm. like, what my sexual preferences are. And it was like, okay, yeah, (laughs) that's fair. And so, like, we just kind of, like, left it alone, but it was like... you have enough talent. (laughs) Right. You know, like, when you have enough talent, you just, like, you focus on what I do and... Yep. People are like, okay, well, that's a strong character. And yeah. And she's one of the, like, pioneers for, like, women in hip-hop. Like, a major forerunner. Is she an EGOT winner? Ooh. Or close to? I think she's close to it. <sighs> she's like, got to have a... Let's, let's look this up. Let's look this up. This is why I love recording live. I can get this information. <laughs> I think for Chicago. Did she get Best Supporting Actress Oh, I bet she did. I bet she did. Uh, she's got a Grammy, an Emmy. An Emmy for what? Oh, Living Single, maybe? Maybe. A Golden Globe. Oh, so she doesn't have a Tony. She's got an Oscar nomination. Ah, okay. So she's missing the, the ot. She's got the, the eeg. She's an eeg. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Womp womp. Well, we're pulling for you. But that's, that's good for her, though, that she even, like, she got that Emmy. Like, she, she really... Took her rap career and turned it into, like, a crazy successful acting career. And, like, Mm -hmm. she's got that Equalizer show on CBS, which I haven't seen, but I've actually heard people saying good things about it. It's like, do I need to watch the Equalizer? (laughs) I have watched an episode. It was a lot. It comes on CBS, Uh which I just feel like is a whole channel dedicated to an older demographic. Yes. Yes. Um, Everything on CBS is, like, the same type of show. In CIS on a boat. (laughs) NCIS in the art gallery. <laughs> NCIS Hawaii. NCIS in the art gallery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to watch it to support her because she's, you know, amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of an equalizer. Not even the idea of an equalizer with a woman, but just I like to see her in a lead role on a TV show. Yes. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that, I guess that's just one of the things I like about Queen Latifah is she was like, look, y'all need to know about my sexuality, and if you like feel a way about that, I don't give a damn. 
I'm gonna do yes. me. And she did her, and she became really successful. And then it was a big moment. I think it was at like a BET Awards or something five years ago, where she had her partner either in the crowd or on stage. And then she said like "Happy Pride" at the end of it. And it was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, like Queen Latifah is owning. Mm-hmm. She's owning this now. Um, I mean, Coochie Bang mm-hmm. was that whole album with the California Dreaming on it. Oh, that was a real jazzy time. Uh huh. <laughs> she's great yeah she's great so like if we look at that maybe even though she wasn't really open like maybe she was one of the first openly gay rappers but it's, it's tough because she wasn't like open back then but you know now it's it's like a gray area we're talking about a whole category of women in some sense who wouldn't necessarily allow you to question or wouldn't allow there to be a focus on their sexuality like mm-hmm. Debrat. yeah or Missy yeah. Elliott, yep. you know, where it was like, um, oh, I'm blanking on who else, but where it was like, are you, I think you might, but there's just like, look, I perform this art, I do this thing, uh-huh. I won't answer those questions, I'll be invasive. Yeah. So, not at all that they were necessarily the first, you know, that they were saying that I'm out and that they're not mm-hmm. straight, but... I think the fact that they would reject sort of that inquiry yeah. or reject that attention for people who identified with that and like, you know, like needed that. It wasn't the, it wasn't the representation that you need from the mountaintops, but it is like a, the way she dresses, what uh-huh. she talks about, you know, they was doing their part. They were yeah. doing their part before they were for sure. comfortable and able to come out bigger. Okay. Yeah. So shout out to Queen Latifah. I am going to, start thinking about her as, like, one of the first, like, queer artists to achieve success. That caution story is ridiculous. Like, I couldn't believe... I was, like, I was reading it, I was like... I was like, oh, so this is the first opening? Why have I never heard of them? And I was like, oh, this, this wasn't a real part? Oh, oh, so you all just went on a minstrel show with this, like, pretending to be this, like flamboyantly gay artists like would we have heard any of it did you listen to any of it was I, it I haven't, good I haven't heard heard anything because he never released the album but I guess his public persona grew because he was doing these like call-ins to the radio station but eventually they like p- hired some I don't know it's, it's not the Loch Ness but it's giving <laughs> Loch Ness energy <laughs> for sure it's just like wow this it's a crazy time. recording of him on a VHS <laughs> from a mall in 1999. <laughs> um, before we jump into, um, like, talking about some of the LGBTQ artists who have, like, flourished in hip-hop, I did want to mention Frank Ocean um, because even though we're mostly talking about hip-hop, like this is a hip hop and R and B podcast, and I feel like Frank Ocean's contributions were were large in that like when he did that whole Tumblr post, like he was he hadn't released Channel Orange yet, I don't think, but I think he had released his Nostalgia Ultra project, and like people were talking about Frank Ocean. I think he was maybe getting ready to promote Channel Orange or in the midst of it, mm-hmm. and then he did that Tumblr post where he talked about his relationship with a dude like from his past and everybody was like oh shit Frank just came out and then I think I feel like he became kind of like a cat he was like the catalyst 
And I'm sure people, maybe people had done it before him, but it was it's hard to pinpoint time. It was a modern push this last ten years. Yeah, like I feel like he was the start of it, where everybody was like, "Oh shit!" Like Frank Ocean making dope ass music, and he just came out as gay, and it's like, yeah, because that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, because like it doesn't have any effect on like like his talent, like obviously. But I think he, a lot of artists today, probably I think cite Frank Ocean as a like inspiration for them choosing to be themselves in their music and so I feel like that's that definitely needs to be talked about especially in this and he kind of towed the line between hip-hop and R&B because he appeared on a lot of hip-hop songs and then he also did those things with Odd Future where he rapped sometimes so I I feel like we definitely have to mention Frank Ocean because he kind of started a mini revolution for sure and, like, I didn't fully get the impact of that Tumblr post. I remember hearing about mm-hmm. it and being like, uh, I was, as I often am, sort of, like, late to the game. So I wasn't <laughs> like, ooh, Frank Ocean until Channel Orange. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but now, just sort of looking back and sort of how people talk about it and sort of all these other artists who cite him and just, you know, hearing like looking and reading about regular people talking about the experience of reading about Mm -hmm. such a prominent figure saying you know i had these deep emotional feelings for a man you know like yeah he's already got you like you already are on his on his train on his ticket of Mm -hmm. interest to him and now are you gonna throw him away exactly or get rid of him exactly so to be able to do that to come out of that you know like not worse for the wear Mm -hmm. and all these people to be Frank Ocean is so desirable. Frank Ocean is like a sex... Yeah. He's a sex symbol in yeah. some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a good-looking guy. And to be like, ah. Oh. You know, it just... Made me have a different appreciation for him that... Because otherwise, it's like, after Channel Orange, I'm like, I don't know why y'all are all on Frank Ocean's <laughs> dick. He seems like a cool recluse whatever, but, uh-huh. you know, reading those comments, it's like, oh, okay. I, I could give you your flowers. I can see why yeah. you you matter really to this like larger zeitgeist and i'm here for it not that i wasn't before like mm-hmm. you know fuck the man <laughs> yeah <In> whatever yeah <laughs> ways, you know you can but yeah it gave me a different appreciation for him and so then maybe i'll go back and listen to some of that maybe not i listened to that blonde and that other business oh endless wanna, yeah i don't want to watch him make a porch <laughs> and so maybe i'll wait for the next thing that but was i'm still the, pulling for you <laughs> it was the weirdest thing because one the confusion about like is this an album wait is this live stream is this the only place i can listen like it's okay right like it was the point got to the point where i had to like torrent the endless album to listen to it because i was like i'm not about to go to this website to like watch him make some stairs just to listen to because there are so many good songs on endless but it's like the medium with which i have to listen to this is not okay i'm not about to go to this site It's like, you want me to just throw this loop of you making a staircase on for me to listen that's to life. this? that's <laughs> life, okay? You're not seeing it. Now nah, I want to watch it. Now I, I torrented like, that shit. But know. now it's available, I think, on streaming, um, which is great. But I don't want to pay for it. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the, the openness with which he then, from Channel Orange and Blonde, just, like, talked about his experiences was also great and it opened up paths for a lot of people to do the same thing like that guy kevin abstract is that his name kevin abstract Mm -hmm. yeah from brockhampton he's mentioned like yeah when frank ocean released that tumblr post like it was like a big moment like oh shit like 
okay, like I can, I can live the way I want to live and it can be okay. Yeah. And I, it's, it's really important that there were artists to do that. Um, staying in the R and B vein, like there's Sid from the internet, um, who is, I gotta listen to more of them. I, I, I don't, and it's always tough because it's like, yeah, you don't really need to like tell us what your sexual preferences are, but Sid was one of the ones where it was like she was just always talking about like <laughs> women when she was like singing. It was like, oh, great, okay, so this, so we we know what you're about, and she's got one of the most beautiful voices I think I've ever heard. Also, shout out to Sid; she's releasing an album uh, next week um, that I'm very excited about because it's been a while since the last Sid album. I think that was 2018, actually, or 2017. I. Don't necessarily see it, but I was like, I just wonder if I was wondering if Sid's pronouns might be oh. they them as opposed to she her, oh, but I didn't readily find that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what was the the twenty seventeen album? Finn? Uh, Finn. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta go back there because I mean I know and got her own uh-huh. are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hit so many occasions. Right? No is one of the... It's just such a perfect song. I'll have to listen to that after this. Yeah, and it's got that, that those Aaliyah undertones. Like, it's a song that Aaliyah would have made when she was alive. And it, it's R-R-P. Yeah. R-R-P. <laughs> um But yeah, Sid is incredible. I'm excited for her new album. It's it's cool that the, the internet has a... I think Steve Lacey from the internet, the guitarist, is queer... Um, but I really like their collective because like individually they all make really good music and then when they come together whenever they decide to come together it's it's very infrequent Um, they make good music but yeah Sid has been repping Kalani yeah um, who I think first came out as bisexual and then like maybe a couple years later was like nah I'm just gay (laughs) it's just like I'm sure some man fucked that up Never mind. I'm done checking it out. It's like yeah, not. Um, and she's got yeah. She had a baby with a man, didn't she? First, I don't know. Yeah, I think she. That's what it was. So she, she had a baby, and then either she came out as bisexual before or after that, and then like maybe a couple three years later, she was like, yeah, I'm just gay. She. I was trying to find it because I have it downloaded, but like the lyrics to some of her songs mm-hmm. are, you know, they're wrapped up in this sort of up tempo, sometimes bubblegum sort of thing. <laughs> yes. And she is just talking about being sexually harassed in such a way that like unconsciously brings a tear to my eye, where it's just like, I was having a good time. And then, like, <laughs> oh wow, because I'm realizing the story that you're telling me. Yeah. Um, she really puts it all in her music. Oh, Kalani also releasing an album in the next couple of weeks. I'm like, is on that album Sweet Sexy Savage? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So now I'm like, I want to this. <laughs> all right, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> but just, yeah. Shout out. I, I, I'll listen to her, but then also, again, some of those songs and the way that she talks about that is just like... This is kind of a heartier lesson yeah. than like a chill listen. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. Yeah, and her her newest album, Blue Water Road, that she's releasing, I think at the end of April, 
just from the the first single, seems like it could be an emotional album, but maybe that's just the first single she released. Ooh, I think she road. right. It sounds yeah. artsy. It's like, oh, are we getting some feelings on this one? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Kalani because she's 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 very open in her music, but her music is also kind of ambiguous in that, like for a while, it was like you could be talking about a man or a woman. Like it's it's yeah. really the same sentiment. Yeah. Um, but she makes beautiful music. Uh, I think Willow is like Willow Smith. I think she's Pan. Yeah, she's yeah. something you know, very all encompassing. Uh huh. Whatever the energy read is, when I get it. Yeah, yeah for sure, <laughs> for sure, and that's really how her music sounds and feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, lots of R and B artists how who were kind of. I don't listen to it. All I know about is that song that seems to have a reference to drug use that I feel oh, very the- conflicted about <laughs> when I see people and like doing the veins. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, I get that it's cool. And then also, like, I don't know, it's like heroin. Yeah, yeah. It's that, like, caught a vibe song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I haven't listened to, I think, her most recent album. But her, like, mid, or, like, the album, like, in the middle of her catalog was really good. Her music is very specific. I have to be in the mood to listen to Willow because it's like, oh, this is some, like, atmospheric, mm. like, Maybe uh, toke up, and mm-hmm. that is that is the best, best like vibe to be listening to her music. It's yeah. not something where I'm just like at work, like yo, let me throw in that Willow <laughs> album while I like sort these data sets. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, she's it's not the music for that time, but um, I think she's a really great artist. Okay. Um, okay, so let's. Did you have any other uh, R&B artists you wanted to discuss, or we can jump into the hip hop ones? Yeah, I don't know those lines. You know, I just want to make sure we talk about Prince. Even though I don't know oh, yeah, yeah. Lines. Go for it. Let's talk about Prince. Because, yeah, he definitely was a pioneer as well. I was listening to... First off, Prince has seven essential albums on Apple Music. Which, that really speaks to how many albums he's made. Right? <laughs> right? And the quality of them, that they're like, you know, we're bridging so many times and so many sounds, but like you made no less... And that's not a definitive barometer. He made 39 albums during his life. I knew it was some outrageous number. What? Yeah. So, clearly, I've only listened to, like, three. (laughs) That's insanity. And I'm sure some of those albums were, like, had maybe, like, five songs on it. I mean, his song, his album, Controversy, was 39 minutes long. Okay. And I listened to that one because he has started opening for Rolling Stone. Like in the early eighties, oh, I didn't know that. And he got like jeered oh. and booed and heckled so badly that I think he only did like two shows with them, and then he was like, "I won't be abused like this." Damn. And then Jagger was like, "No, come on, like, come on, you know, this could be cool." Right. And he was like, "Nah." And so then his next album was Controversy. So that's what I was listening. Oh. When you got here, and so it's eight songs, thirty-seven minutes. I didn't. We had turned it down. Didn't listen to Jack you off. Um, <laughs> oh, Prince, that's the last song I see. Yeah, yeah, Prince. Um, just, just so much for the statement that he made, and you know, again, I think that that's where I gotten that idea of talking about refusal to discuss the subject with the women. Mm-hmm. Like in the, you know, that album is he asks these questions and he says things, you know, but he doesn't answer them. Um, and for so long, I was even impressed that they were talking about Chris Rock interviewing him in 
mm-hmm. and asking him about being gay or straight and sort of what he thought about that. And so, like, we're talking about, you know, I was impressed as nice. And I was like, oh, 25 years ago. But also Prince was this, like, untouchable figure that, like, he was gender bending and doing androgyny in a way that it was just yeah. like, that is not okay. But also, <laughs> <laughs> you have so much just juice that... I, you know, conservative... I mean, they certainly had issues with him, but... For sure. Your mom li- would listen to a Prince song. Like, I don't know black people who would be like, no, we don't, we don't fuck with Prince. Yeah. Despite the fact that, like, morally and everything else, they right, would, right. They would not want a Prince in their home. They would not <laughs> want him as their son. Right, but musically, they were like, yes, give me more. And to come from Detroit, and you know, no offense, Detroit, there's nothing up there. Uh, and to be doing <laughs> what he did and with who he, you know, Vanity Six, Purple Rain records, mm-hmm. you know, like really people don't not respect the, the amount of musicals that he, mu- music, uh, musical instruments oh, he plays. Oh, yeah. I think mean, he mentored Janelle Monet. Uh-huh. Lizzo had a relationship with yep. him. It was like, and I was listening to this controversy album and I was like, he said a lyric, you know, um, something about something about a new breed leader stand up organized. And I was like, I have heard this before. Where have I heard it? And I've heard it in like a very, very different genre. Like uh-huh. a song by, I think these folks called Pigeonhead. Okay. And I was like, I need to look it up. And the song is a jam, but it just prints, you know, I mean, there's just too many things that can be said about him. But, and I think too, now there's a part of me that's like, I'm upset that I have to talk about how these people's talent mm-hmm. is what made them sort of above the reproach or above being like dragged down and right. and mistreated. Um, and in one sense, that is what it is, but also just that just that took a level of bravery and fearlessness. You know, his frame—he's physically mm-hmm. he's very small, like petite. Yeah. Um, and just to embrace that femininity and just to be like, we're going to talk about feelings and like all these not straight folks is part of what's helping us to see more of this nuance now you know Mm -hmm. like that's what comes before frank ocean being able to talk about a bad religion yeah for sure for sure and lil nas x you know talking about what he talks about Mm -hmm. like that music video for industry every time i see him i'm just like this is getting gayer and i don't think it get any gay it was one of my (laughs) It was, I think I voted for it, actually. One of my favorite music videos of last year. Just like... Unapologetic's not the word. No, it was just like, if, like, if I could just, like, meet Lil Nas X in person and just shake his hand to just be like, dude, what you are doing, as as weird as it sounds, is the Lord's work. (laughs) I said it was a lot of assholes, but I did sanitize it, you know? It's just like... The, the the level at which you troll just like yeah. the fucking homophobes out there it's just chef's kiss it's just like keep keep going I want yeah. you to I want you in a museum one day for just like how like defiant <laughs> you were to like these stereotypes and people's opinions of you it's just like and yeah Prince Prince really made it a space for people to do stuff like that like he just like chose to defy all of these stereotypes based on like not even just race but sexuality and it's just yeah it's incredible yeah 
I had some shout sort of thought, Prince. but I don't know where it is. It'll come <laughs> back later on at some time. I'll burn it out. But yeah, shout out to Prince. Like I need to definitely listen to more Prince. Uh, Thirty nine mm-hmm. albums. That's uh, yeah. That's a lot. I'm, I I can tell you right now. I will probably not listen to all of Prince's. I won't make it to listening to all of Prince's albums. But I don't know that I will. But still, I've, I've been trying to listen to more of his music because he was he was before our generation. So like. Mm-hmm. As much as I, like, respect him as an artist and, like, every time I listen to a Prince song, I'm like, this is amazing. It's just, he just wasn't in my, in my, uh, in my zeitgeist or in my, in my world. Like, it wasn't, like, nobody in my household was really, like, playing Prince. So it wasn't even, like, that where it was, like, I just heard him through other stuff. So I had to, like, discover him, like, after I, like, got into music. Um, and so I'm trying to trying to listen to more of his music because he's incredible and especially after uh influence and people like janelle monet who i think is probably the like next closest like mm-hmm. um not like ne- the artist who's like the most resemblant resemble uh, can't think of the word the most re- most resembles prince um it was like okay i need to go back to the og and like see what what he was doing because janelle monet is incredible as well also an openly queer artist. Yes. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And like, I, I have to say that 
I knew very well who Prince was because that's my my aunt's favorite artist. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when he had gone on tour, like, that was her shit. Yeah. Um, and so her sister, my other aunt, and I wonder if this is a, I was going to say, well, this is kind of distasteful, but it's like, it's not. This is a choice that you made that's, like, very permanent. Mm-hmm. But I knew about Prince, you know, 10, 10 years old because my aunt's daughter, she named her after the song Darling Nikki. Oh. And it's not until maybe, you know, she had said that. I knew that Prince was her favorite artist. And then, you know, sometime between the ages of maybe 10 and 12, uh-huh. I hear the song Darling Nikki. And if you've not heard it, like, <laughs> can I say the lyrics? Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, he says, like, um, I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. I met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. Oh. Uh, I said, like, how'd you like to... She asked me, how'd you like to waste some time? And I could not resist when I saw a little Nikki grind. And then the song, like, goes on. It was just like... Is she named her daughter after this song? The face you're making. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Wow. (laughs) And so that is probably, aside from hearing him when they played, like, when she said that, and then when I come across that song, it was just like... Okay. It's time. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that was left in from a previous thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just let that rock. I guess my computer clearly was like, yo, that's that's crazy. <laughs> Throw the air horn. Like, yes. my computer just decided to do the air horn. Sorry, keep going. No, it's fine. That was perfect timing. That was the end anyway. That was the punchline of, like, your face I and you named your child that. after that. Yeah, that's... That's a choice. That's, That's a choice. A choice. I'm, and I'm sure this man had 39 albums before he died. There were probably many songs. This is such a reflection of you <laughs> and the time of your life that you were in. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, were there any other R&B artists? We, we mentioned Janelle Monet, who has honestly also been leading sort of like a mini revolution, a mini modern revolution when it mm-hmm. comes to like being open and like being a hundred percent authentic with herself thompson to be so publicly sexy right right and there was that like pink uh the pink music video and the song in general like she is yeah she is doing amazing things um i'm trying to think were there any other artists before we jump into some more hip-hop ones yeah no i feel like that's i don't have anybody else to say that I could think of. Um, okay, so let's jump into... I, I wrote a few names down for, like, the hip-hop artists who have kind of been, like, openly queer and have had levels of success. Young M.A. She is great. The first mm-hmm. time I ever heard her, I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> and then by the end of the song, I was like, I think this dude's a woman. I thought she was a dude when I first heard her as well. And then I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> That's an undeniable edge. That is an undeniable edge. The And she... So she's never hid who she is. And I think one of the things that has really helped the success of her career is that, like, straight dudes relate to her because in her music, she's talking about, like, fucking women. <laughs> and just like... You call her Stephanie? You're right. I call her happening. <laughs> 
And so, so many, she, she's got the straight dude market because they're like, yo, I relate to that as well. Mm-hmm. And then also she's got like the LGBTQ community who was like, women. yes, keep going. <laughs> and so I love that she's able to, to capture uh, a portion of the, the hip hop fandom in like in many different ways. But yeah, yeah, like I, I don't always like enjoy her albums in full because sometimes an entire album can get a little like one note, but like in spurts, like when I haven't heard her in a while and I'm like, ooh, yeah, let me listen to some young MA. It's like, yeah, this is, this is, this is what I need at the moment. I, I would agree with you. Um, although she did have one album. Mm hmm. I feel like her story in the making. Like I, I enjoy oh. her sampling when she samples stuff. Like that album might have been mostly samples. I think I, I think I know which album you're talking about. And again, oh yeah, her debut songs, mm-hmm. one hour and eight minutes. I don't necessarily need to be in that space <laughs> with you for an hour and ten minutes. But yeah, 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 I'm, yeah with you. I'm with you right on the not necessarily all the time a full album, but definitely some bangers. Definitely mm-hmm. just like. Real good, accessible gangster shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited for her to keep going. She she released an album last year, I think, Off, off the, the yak. yak. Yeah, and I listened to it. And um, some of this just isn't for me anyway. So. Yes, that's the, that's the that's the other thing that I think makes a whole album from Young M.A. not, like, it's not something that I always want to listen to all the way through because it's like, I don't really relate. <laughs> like, all the way relate right. to what she's saying, so it's like, I can't. I can't really stay in this world for too long, but it's nice right. to visit every once in a while. Right. And she was on, um, well, she has a song on Halle Berry's soundtrack to her oh, woman boxing, boxing movie. movie. Yeah. No Mercy from Bruised. Okay. Soundtrack. And then that boxing movie apparently like only has all women on the soundtrack. It does, yeah. It's been in my queue. I've been wanting to listen to it. I think Cardi B is on a song. Some other people. Have you seen the music? Have you seen the movie for it? Mm-mm. Okay. Is it good? Have you seen it? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Either. I don't know. I would I watch it. watch Halle Berry get beat up. Uh, I mean, I will no. watch it because <laughs> Million Dollar Baby was a jam, so. Fair. Let's Fair. let Halle do her thing. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll watch it sometime. Yeah, I'm down. Let's okay. put, it on the, put it on the list. Um, other, Tyler, the creator. So, my goodness. This man is an interesting case study because... Early in his career, he made a name for, like, being offensive and obscene. And, like, he was one of the artists that was, like, directing, like, obscene lyrics frequently at gay people. He was dropping the F-bomb in songs. He was just saying weird shit. Like, I heard a couple songs be like, eat a cockroach and fuck your mother. Yep. I was like, I don't know. Yep, he was, he was like a horrorcore rapper. No, ew. Right? Ew, and, like, why ew. is that even a thing? Right? Why, is, why do we, why do we make up horrorcore? Why is that a word? <laughs> So I don't know nothing about him until this last album. Yeah, so he, so he was, and the thing, the thing about it is like even when he was doing that stuff, he was very artistic. Like he created these characters, and like I'll never know. He was right. He's like, embedded in your horror. <laughs> yeah, he created these characters, and he was like weaving these intricate stories. But like the music was just like really offensive, and he kind of took a turn. I think as he grew older, because like when he started, he was probably like eighteen or something like that. Okay. So he was a young dude. So as he, I think, matured and his music matured and it became even more artistic, starting with the Wolf album. And the Wolf was like, Wolf was like the album. He had like two albums that were like really 
horror core was like Bastard and Goblin. Those okay. were the and like even the I think names. I might have one song from Goblin, but I'm literally just sitting here with my arms folded, like, please share these facts. <laughs> this album I've never heard. Yeah, I have no context on. So Bastard and Goblin were like, okay, like, woo. But then Wolf, like, it was like he was like bringing an end to the stories he had created, but it also grew more artistic in that the music was less offensive, and it was like, oh, this is like. It was the first Tyler the Creator album where I was like, yo, this is one of my favorite albums. I listened to it like the entire year. So it's I think it's still a little offensive because he was kind of like making his way out of the dark space he was in. I don't have a song from that album. It's Martians versus, versus Goblins. It's a game song. Oh, got you. Got you. Not that anybody needed to know that, but <laughs> keep going. But so he did Wolf. Then he did Cherry Bomb, which was his album that was inspired by the Neptunes. It's kind of like a like a Neptunes-inspired Tyler, the Creator album, because he loves the Neptunes and inspired by them. Then he did Flower Boy, um, which was like... That now sounded he's, soft, bro. That sounded soft. Right? Flower Boy. And on that album, he had a song where he was like alluding to like maybe like having a relationship with a dude or whatnot, but he never he's never like officially said it, but like strongly alluded to it in his music and then in Igor he did the same thing and even just like just since like Flower Boy like he's been a little bit more he's been like sprinkling a little bit more just like things where it's like oh gee like he said something like I've been kissing white boys since 1994 or something or I don't remember the year but that was one of the things he said in the song and it's like okay so you're you're saying these things, but yet we, he, not that he has to, but he hasn't like openly said like, yo, this is who I am. But like his music is, seems like it's reflecting that. And so it's just the weirdest flip because it was like, you were like, you were like a gay person basher, <laughs> like in your music. And now you've come full circle to the point where you're like possibly talking about your queer experiences in your music. And so it's, it's been interesting to see like his persona and his music change over the past like like half decade or so or uh, more than half decade i guess but like over the past few years yeah um because <laughs> it was not what he was doing in the beginning i mean then that makes me kind of appreciate it more to hear you describe the arc in that way uh-huh um because i'm like that's that sounds like growth to me not yeah. that you have to be anybody that you have to embody any sort of persona but for you to you know it's like a very metaphorical lesson or allegorical lesson for kind of this gay bashing and this hate in some sense that you start with and then to just slowly but surely you know you acting out with these characters and now we're talking about the the art form Uh of music but you acting out with these characters you rounding things out you letting go of some stuff it's like i can appreciate that that is you like taking your your human journey Mm -hmm. your transition and you putting it into this art and then it's like okay well then yeah maybe i will listen because sort of the point that was i was blanking on earlier um i'm reading this book with um some of the interns and students mm-hmm. that i work with by kate bornstein steen uh-huh. uh she's a trans person and she's white but uh something that she says in the book you know about how are holding so hard onto these like black and white like man and what is masculine mm-hmm. and what is woman feminine like obviously it hurts the people who don't feel like they fit into those two things mm-hmm. or who are gay or you know have anything that is not like a straight shot from there but like it hurts so much like straight people 
it hurts so much the larger culture because I was reading an article in um, The Reader and even mm-hmm. this it feels like some sort of veiled masculinity where it's like I know that author, author's name and I thought to get the paper so that I could say the artist's name oh. who did this piece on black males it's that latent racism that's something else <laughs> You know, but about his art was about um, pictures of like the black boys have feelings and black mm-hmm. men kind of have a range of emotion. And you know, I think about who is not a queer artist but Childish Gambino, and uh-huh. you're like it hurts straight people in that you, you know, shit, sometimes you do have to cry and you're only a sides, you know, and kind of like the larger hip hop, like more traditional gangster rap is like you have that kind of like song that no one cares about it's quieter it's two or three mm-hmm. of them it's to a slower softer beat about how you had to like you know see your homie put down mm-hmm. go to services you know and all these allusions to kind of like how members of the black community handle grief yeah and like how you support their family and like you talk about it but you don't talk about it but it's just like you know i i feel like part of me bringing this topic in is one just because i like to be like what's the thing that's going to be offensive, but I have a way to talk about it so that you mm-hmm. kind of can't deny that this is a subject of interest. Yeah. Um, you know, or just entertaining and just to be cringy to be cringy, but also just like, hmm, these boxes, they make sense in some sense. Like in psychology, we call it schemas. You need it. It mm. makes it easier for your life, but they hurt everybody, you yeah. know, like, and now you got to go through this revolution in 2022 or be part of this revolution of like, you can have feelings and you can want to hold your daughter. Right. And X, Y, Z. You know. Yeah. That was my whole aside. I'm ready to end my aside now. No, yeah. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, like, even going back to the Tyler thing, I wonder if Frank Ocean coming out, because Frank Ocean was part of Odd Future, which was, like, Tyler's crew. And I wonder if, like, Frank coming out in his music was a catalyst for Tyler to start making some changes. I don't know if the, the time matches up. So, like, Frank probably did that Tumblr post around, like, 2011, 2010... Maybe 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Tyler made Wolf probably around 2013. So it's possible, like, maybe he saw, like, oh, if Frank can, like, do this and, like, people, for the most part, like, accept him, then maybe, like, maybe it helped him be more of himself in the music in his music what's that unspoken energy like where like Frank was who he was before he made that Tumblr post and I'm in a group with a dude who drops the F-bomb and who says X, Y, Z right and so then it could go one of two ways or one of 700 ways either I know that this is part of an act or this is part of him working something out and he Uh doesn't mean any harm by it or you know (laughs) or the worst option yeah (laughs) yeah yeah like that was the first thing I thought when like when Frank came out it was like huh so are him and Tyler cool cause right. Tyler Tyler doesn't seem to like gay people <laughs> um, so yeah that's and I, I'm, I'm sure Tyler was asked about it at the time and I think he said like no me and Frank are cool like like I don't have blah 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 but I just personally wonder if like Frank like helped influence Tyler in that way as well yeah um let's talk about Lil Nas X because we, we mentioned it a little bit like Lil Nas X, he hasn't been open since he came out, or, like, he hasn't been open since he first started making music. Like, I think Old Town Road was already, like... Hasn't he only been making uh, music for, like, I know, it's only been, like, three or four years. It's wild. It's just he's had such a crazy career so quickly. 
Like, Old Town Road blew up with the remixes after remixes, and then, like, kids loved it, parents loved it. White folks could not deny that song. Yep. And then when they did deny it, then it was like, Billy Bob. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait, no, Billy Ray. Billy Ray. I was like, Billy Bob. No, Billy Ray Cyrus. You say it's not, even though you knew it was. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, come come and bless this. Yes. Um, And then it went to Crazy Heights. He came out as gay after that. And then since then has just been unapologetic. Like, yo, I said I was gay, so I'm going to fucking be gay. Like, I didn't just say I was gay and then I'm going to keep going back to doing this, like, country. Like, no, like, I'm gay, so deal with it. (laughs) And, like, just what a thesis statement. What What a way to, like, go through the world. So... I just love watching him be gay, like yeah. in hip hop, because nobody, nobody does that. Nobody has been like, like, gay in hip hop, and then just like decided to like show themselves being gay so openly. But he's on like award shows, like never in a black <laughs> subdued anything, right? Right? Fingernails always painted, like rhinestones put uh-huh. on his eyes. Uh huh. Of course, I want to, like, do this whole thing. But what do you say to people who say that Lil Nas X is not hip-hop? What do you say to people who say he, like, he's pop or he's somewhat, you know, like, he's not hip-hop? I don't know what the other thing it's, is. It's a tough conversation because, like, like, if you listen to his Montero album, like, I would say only, like, half of that album is, like, are, like, hip-hop songs. Like, he is a... He is a pop artist as well, but it's tough because like pop and hip hop have become they 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 run so parallel to each other nowadays that it's like I mean hip hop is pop music because like the popular hip hop music that lands on the radio is like close to pop anyway because that's kind of how you have to make unless you're like special that's kind of how you have to like make it to like have success in the industry but like he he can fucking rap. And, like, he has made rap songs that I personally think are good. It's like, he's a hip-hop artist. He's a pop artist. Um, I choose to let it be in the moment. So, like, if you give me an album that's, like, mostly pop, then I'm going to be like, all right, this is a pop album with, like, maybe some hip-hop leanings. If you give me, like, a more hip-hop album, then, like, okay, this album was a hip-hop artist. But I don't, I don't think, you know, the genre of a particular album really determines, like, the genre that you choose to to be uh, classified under, but those people are mostly haters, um, I think, and just just the things that Lil Nas X has, like, one, the Industry Baby music video, for those who haven't seen it, I suggest you go watch it, but Lil Nas X is in a prison. Everybody in the prison is wearing pink jumpsuits, for one, um, there's a scene where he has two dudes walking around holding his pocket, like <laughs> so much subs, like so many uh, layers to that, so many <laughs> layers to that, so many. Um, he's got a naked shower scene where it's it's not naked. They've like blurred. They've like censored like the actual video. But how do you skip the part where the man like flips up and throws his ass oh, in his face? Yes. Like it's the pockets and then literally like face full of ass in a way that I have not seen on TV in a while. Yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna take away from anybody who's had plenty of club scenes before, but it's just like eating the booty. Just just has pants yeah. on. Yeah. Just, like, there's nothing that Lil Nas X won't, like, visualize 
in his and then you got the Montero video uh-huh. where he's like fucking up on Satan. Yeah, yeah, like he's like dressed like a stripper and he slides down a stripper pole <laughs> to hell. Like this stripper pole is the longest stripper pole you've ever seen and he's like just doing like stripper moves sliding down the pole until he gets to Satan and then he just gives Satan a lap dance. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. The, the blood in the shoes just cause just just to make you upset. Yep. He's uh, just like, whatever he can do to piss people off, he's like, I'm going to fucking do it because there's nothing you can say to me. So, like, he has actually become, I think, the most successful openly gay artist. This man has a diamond song. Old Town Road uh, has done, like, over 10 million, like, over 10 million uh, units sold. And it might be more than that at this point. Yeah. Diamond records are hard to come by. Um now I want to ask Especially nowadays. about Diamond Records and who has them. But. Oh yeah, we we can. It's a it's not a, a as long a list as you would think as far as like hip hop artists. There's tons of like mm-hmm. pop and like Dion, white people. Sure, sure. But like for hip hop and R and B artists, I think it might be under a hundred. Like it might be closer to fifty. Okay. Like artists who like have a Diamond record. Cardi B's got. I think Cardi B's gotten a couple for Bodak oh. Yellow and I like it. I think okay. she might have three. Actually, so Car- Cardi, like, it's, so it's a know, whole nother discussion. I saw a picture of her, right, she was a whole nother discussion, <laughs> being so gangster in the street, and uh-huh. it was Offset was being arrested by a cop, so I was just like, it's, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, but Cardi, okay. uh, I, I actually do think that the next Farewell, or Farewell Tour episode might be about women in hip-hop, so I'll probably get into Cardi B in that one, but, yeah, like, I just, I just love how, how open- openly authentic Lil Nas X is being and I love that he is achieving success with it like he's he's got a diamond record like he's making good music and so like for that alone um he's bringing hope to other artists who may be under him or even who may not be as open as him now that want to achieve the success that he has that they can do that without compromising their identity and that's like especially in this day and age that's a really important thing to be portraying and uh, like hope to be giving people so yeah. It's dope. It's dope. Do you know about Todrick? Todrick. That name sounds familiar. Is it Todrick Hall? Is that his name? Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Todrick Hall. I have heard that name, but I don't think I, I really know anything about him. Okay. Femulin Reloaded is their last album. Todrick Hall. Um, they are definitely pop. But I just... Oh, I've seen this person. Thinking of somebody with, like, the same... You know, like, with that same color and energy. And uh-huh. some of that notoriety within the gay community. Like, I think if we went over to Boys Town, you would... Everybody would know who Todrick Hall is. But oh. again, that's a derailment. I just... They popped into my mind thinking about, like, color, brown skin. Okay. Yeah, he's been on RuPaul's Drag Race, it looks like. He got famous off of... They got famous off of American Idol. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Phil's tenacious work ethic comes from the lack of opportunities he had in the entertainment industry as a black gay man. Interesting. I have to look into Todrick Hall. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm really just hopeful that like Lil Nas X and like Janelle Monae and all these like current like pioneers that they just continue this wave and that you begin to have so much more representation than there is um in current state like hip-hop and r&b i think r&b is further along than hip-hop is like r&b i think has 
longer been a space where it's been safer to be queer than hip-hop has. Um, hip-hop has a longer way to go, but I do think that artists like Lil Nas X and the people who kind of toe the line between the two genres have helped. Um, was there anything else we wanted to, to discuss? There are, there are lots of other artists who haven't achieved as much success, like I Love McConan, mm. who had the like hit with Tuesday. They have talent. I I always thought that he was going to be a one-hit wonder with Tuesday and then, you know, his career was never the same. Coincidentally, it was never the same after he came out as gay in 2017, so who knows if that had an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really enjoyed any anything else he did. <laughs> Tuesday was just barely like, okay, wait, this is this is fine, but like And I loved Tuesday. Yeah, and it, it was a it was a solid song. Um, but then there's of course like Azalea Banks Chica, have you listened to Chica? You yes, would really like Chica. No, like I'm, I'm like I know I have a song by Chica. Listen, listen to her project. She's got a couple EPs. It's not that many songs. Maybe like four or five songs on Did each one. Did she have an album nominated last year? In the in my awards, yeah. She she was probably nominated for something, okay. maybe a song or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's very good. She's come out as queer. Um, and she's an incredible rapper. I discovered her on Instagram because she would get on Instagram or maybe it was Twitter and she would just like rap over other people's songs. Mm. And so I was like, yo, she's like one of the best rappers I've ever heard. And so she recently over the past couple of years got like a deal. And so she's like making music. She's put out music. She got, I'm pretty sure she's gotten like a Grammy nomination maybe recently. Uh, she's really good. I think you would, you would like her. Yeah. I've got save you. Um, from the oh, yes, time song. EP. Yeah, that whole EP is very good. Okay. Um, she's good. Uh, there are artists like Kevin Abstract from Brockhampton. I think many members of Brockhampton might be queer. There's Angel Hayes, whose career didn't really take off uh, mm-hmm. like we thought it would. Steve Lacey from the internet. Um, we have to discuss Macklemore's allyship with the community when he made that same love song. Um, this was in the midst of... Oh, wait. Yeah, so this is like when he was he was already big after doing the thrift shop stuff. Yes. And then he decided Wasn't like Wasn't it just one album that we care about? And thrift shop care. probably. And then like after that it was like uh, Macklemore gets a lot of flack for other things, like the whole Kendrick situation at the Grammys where like he won the Grammy that Kendrick uh, should have won and uh, then he like texted Kendrick like, Yo, you should have won it and then he posted the text. It seemed like he was Okay. Uh, yeah, um, so he's got a lot of flack for that and, like, some other things, but he did make the same love song where in support of, like, same-sex marriage, it's it became an anthem for that movement around the time when a lot of states were trying to get laws passed. Um, he had that Grammy performance of the song where Queen Latifah oversaw and officiated the marriage of, like, 33 same-sex couples. Like, it was oh, wow. his Grammy performance was him performing Same Love with, like, the people that are in the song, and then, like, at the end of the song, or maybe during, Queen Latifah came up, and they had 33 same-sex couples, and she, like, Queen married Latifah. them all at the same time. It was, like, one she of the wildest things. Years ago. <laughs> she told right? us 30 years ago. Yep. And so, so that was a big moment for Queen Latifah's also connection to it, and also his allyship, so I, I figured we had to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
other than that, the only other notes I had were <laughs> this is this is funny to think about with Kanye now, but like Kanye was one of the first people in hip hop to like um in 2005, kind of similar to his George Bush statement, he discussed how his environment led him to be homophobic just because that's how like the culture was and how finding out his cousin was gay changed his perspective. And so he made that statement. He was talking about like, yeah, like it makes me want to like, like tell my homies like, yo, we can't be like saying shit like this because like my cousin is gay and he's like one of my like, like closest friends or some shit like, so he like changed his perspective and he made this statement. It was radical at the time, like one of the first major statements against homophobia from like a huge hip hop artist. Did he go any further with that? Not really, but at the time, you know, that was <laughs> he was one of the people kind of leading that, Thanks which is interesting. For that thing, two thousand five, Kanye. Yeah, yeah. It's if if only you had continued to be two thousand five, Kanye. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's a whole another right? discussion. Um, so yeah, I think despite despite there still being people who make it necessary to continue to fight the fight, like the baby and his homophobic statements are rolling loud. And yeah. And the way that you package these statements, it's like a very, <clears throat> I, yeah, I'm like gay bashing, but I got gay fans and like y'all could go like you he, all are okay. It just is a very, yeah. and then the whole, I'm sorry, but then I'm not sorry. Yeah. He's just, <sighs> The baby sucks. He's a the the thing is he's a terrible human being, and that's really that's really how it it all came. Like he made some some good songs, and it was at the point where like the the terrible things he was doing were like a little bit justified. Where like I don't know, somebody came up and they like said something to his daughter or, or like something about his family, and so he like beat the shit out of him. So it's like those things where it's like, oh, why'd you do that? But then it was like, oh, I mean, I guess I can understand like like personal space and all that. And so those were the type of things that we were getting. And then it was like, I think, didn't he like shoot somebody or something too? But like even the shooting, I think at the time seemed justified because the person did something. I don't remember. But now we're coming getting to the point where it's like, oh no, you're just a, you're just a bad person. And now like you're doing things that's like, oh, we can't justify this. And so it's like, I guess is he famous enough now though? I mean, like. I don't know. Like, I I do think, despite how much what he said and how the other terrible people like Tory Lanez are trying to come to his defense, I do think he's been affected by, like, the the blowback from this situation. Like, he lost a lot of sponsors. Mm -hmm. A lot of festivals were like, nah, you're not performing. Um, Will he be back in two years? Will he be, like, Bangers, crazy album on a tour? You know? In 2025. You know, that's a really good question. The the safest bet is yes because yeah. I think he the was everywhere. yeah and the the lack of like huge artists that are calling out the artists that are making these statements and saying these things in their music like it would take like artists like Jay Z or Kanye or even Drake like the huge artists to like openly be like nah that wasn't cool like like we don't we don't condone like people like saying stuff like that. In music, it would take something like that for I think these other artists to really, really feel like some serious canceling. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But like, is that ever gonna happen? Probably not because it's in these artists' eyes, it's probably not worth it to make these statements and have it affect their career. I mean, I don't think they should be thinking that way, but 
that's the reality of where we are. Why are you even bothered at that level, Drake? What right? Are you, what are you talking about? Nothing can touch you at this career? point. Like nothing can touch you at this point. Like any of those, any of those these artists. These are words. This, I mean, we could be talking about if it was like who'd you assault and when, you know, like ooh, again, uh, you might have to sit down for a minute. Yeah. You'll be fine, but you gotta like go to rehab. You need to <laughs> yeah. just go to your place in Malibu for three years, and then we got you. Yeah. There's no loss to you at all, you know. And then again, that goes back to that point of like it hurting everybody. But there is no loss to you to mm-hmm. say that's not cool. Yeah. You know, it's not requiring any other action, like literally no other action. It's not yeah. even requiring you to not like the other ninety five percent of the song. Yeah. At a base level, it's just like. And you're like, you're huge enough that like, if there are other artists who don't agree with you saying that, like, who cares? You're right. you're Jay Z right. or you're you're Drake. Like, you can go you buy can... a Maybach and we'll a Maybach and we'll talk about it. Like, you're never why. gonna be, you're not gonna lose any success because like. Oh, maybe a couple of the industry people didn't like that you like came at this homophobic comments. Yeah, like, yeah. So it would take something big like that, I think, for these artists to like really feel the effects. They're they're feeling it a little. Like, there are a number of people who were like, "Yeah, I'm just not gonna listen to the baby anymore," and like he's lost a lot of sponsorship and stuff like that. But at the same time, there are just as many people who are like, "I don't give a fuck," mm-hmm. like. Like what the baby has done, <laughs> I enjoy his music, and I'm going to keep listening to it. It's the reason why Chris Brown still has a lot of fans. It's the reason why um, Trey Songs will continue to have a lot of fans. It's the reason why um, what you call uh, Tory Lanez. Now we're getting into the patriarchy. Yeah, that that's that's what it comes down to. That's really what it comes down to. But was one of your queens. He beat her up. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah. But my, my hope is that, at least from the, the, the queer aspect, is that these artists who are making waves, that those waves will continue to, to get bigger. And then <laughs> hopefully they're big enough that a lot of people can just like ride the wave into a lot more openness in hip-hop. But um, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to add to the discussion? No, I don't want to take us anymore off <laughs> track. This was this was great though. I think this was a good conversation. Oh, I've yeah. I've really enjoyed these talks um, because one, it's it's nice to not have to pick the topic, and then I can kind of just like I don't know the conversation can be a little bit more free flowing than structured, which most of the podcast episodes I've done in the past have had to be. Um, but this has been fun because I like what the guests of the show are interested in and like it's one of my favorite things is just talk with people about music and specifically the parts of music that that they like so this has been cool thank you for bringing the topic thank you for having me thanks for giving me the the freedom and the creativity thanks for doing all that research and legwork like <laughs> Ahmad makes it look very effortless but he like does all this behind the scenes stuff so that you can like kind of be propped up and <laughs> you know look like you have some sense and so i appreciate it yeah it's been fun i'm i'm sad in a way for sure that this is that you're getting close to the end here yeah but i don't know it's also just such an impressive feather in your cap that you've gotten to do it for this long and that it's like changed and been of this quality and i'm proud of you and this was fun thank you i appreciate it Mm -hmm. and luckily we're friends so we can always just have music conversations whenever we want yes yes (laughs) yes you have to continue to boil down those albums for me that are too long i got you i I was actually i was actually there was some album i was looking at the other day that i was like "Ooh, ariel would like a good like 
like 12 songs of this 20 song album I should make a I don't remember what album it was now it's not the her album is it no it was something else I'll remember at some point but there's a playlist coming your way I appreciate you I appreciate you <laughs> um, so that has been it for the dig deeper segment and for this episode of thinking outside the boombox um, thank you all for tuning in I think don't hold me to this because I have to make sure the schedules work out I think I will be back next week with another farewell Check tour episode yeah actually let me let me also see when the grammys are because i think those might be next week as well uh let who me is see. it kanye somebody was like kanye let's boycott the grammys Not oh he got um he got kicked off of the grammys as he should because he's been Noah's gonna be there right trevor noah's hosting he just called trevor noah coon so like yeah it makes sense for them to not let him perform I don't know if he, like, has been, like, if he's not allowed to come or if he just can't perform. I don't know. Even if he did not call Trevor Noah that, he has shown you how many times right. that he will take the stage right. and he will be wild. Do not. And this is not a quiet time for him. No, you do not want this Kanye West anywhere near your award show because there is no telling what he will do. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they... Hopefully they told him he can't show up at all because, like, even that's too anymore. much. And now I feel bad that we talked about him for two minutes. I'm not going to say his name <laughs> anymore, but, like... But, yeah, I'm with you. Do something about that shit. Yes. Um, so, the Grammys are actually next Sunday, and I usually release episodes on Sunday. So, I will likely... I think that I will have another farewell episode next week coming out and then the week after that i will have a grammy episode um if not there might not be a farewell episode next week but there will definitely be a grammy episode on the 10th and then i think after the 10th which i'm jumping right into a five episode series um that i'm not gonna tell you about right now but oh i wanted to know <laughs> oh i'll tell you um but that'll be kicking off like in back-to-back weeks starting i think april 17th and then after that ends, Karen will come in for the final episode, the final farewell tour episode where she will bring in a topic and we'll discuss it. And then that'll be the show. So for the most part, um, I'm coming to you like back to back to back until like until like May. So this is the this is the home stretch. And I want to make sure that the episodes are coming relatively quickly. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Thinking outside the boombox.com is the website. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TOTB the Podcast. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and RB news. Peace. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.